Hi, this is Kristen Kist. And this is Jeffrey Gritman. And you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams Podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams Podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, and with me today is actually a first for me. Usually, I've, I've, we had the first where I've had two interviewers. Now I have two interviewees, two guests on the show. Today with me is Kristen Kist and Jeffrey Gritman, who have been friends for more than 20 years. And as cool as that is, they've actually been writing together for five years and are known for making each other, as well as their friends and family, crack up on a regular basis. They are avid consumers of pop culture and current events, often watching the same shows and movies and critiquing them and talking about what they would do to improve upon the stories and situations. And that is why they dream of writing because of their love for entertaining people. Kristen and Jeff were so motivated and inspired that they have self-published three books based on characters they developed when they were in their late teens. Their book series, Prison Dad, currently in their third volume, are collections of hilarious, absurd, science fiction-tinged short stories. Their stories are written like episodes of a television show with recurring characters and more dialogue than description. They balance creating new stories for their books while each successfully pursuing challenging full-time careers and active social lives. I'm not sure where they have the time to do it, but their big dream is to pursue writing full-time, and they're working very hard towards that. So welcome to the show. And my first time dual guests, Kristen and Jeff. How's it going, guys? Everything's going pretty well, Amy. Well. Thanks for having us. Yeah. No, I'm so excited. So for those of you who know, you know what, you have no idea. Kristen and I actually worked together in our right. daytime lives. And I found out she was a writer. I want to say actually during my interview process. Right, Kristen? Yes, that's true. Um, I actually, I one of my famous interview questions is to ask what makes you laugh. And that usually opens up to me sharing what makes me laugh. Um, and I think it's a good indicator of the kind of relationship you'll have with a person to sort of understand where their humor is, um, especially with the type of work that Amy and I do. We do pretty intense um, contract negotiations in our Fun. work day. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we escape. And I think that's when I actually told Kristen I was doing this this podcast show. And, and I, I was like, that's amazing. And one of the first things I did was buy their books uh, from Kristen. She autographed it for me. It was just amazing. I mean, because she was the first one I knew who had self-published a book. It was really fun to be able to um, be involved in that process. Jeff and I um, started writing prison dad stories just sort of as fun um, because we had had the character in mind for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and we wrote them originally to be a TV show. But my fear was that if we ever did you know, get them to be a TV show. Once the producers and directors get involved, they can really change your story a lot. So I wanted to have a blueprint of what our original idea was. And I thought, you know, let's make it a, a book. And we found out you could self-publish through Amazon. And that's what we did. Mm -hmm. Well, let's let's rewind a little bit because you guys have been together and friends for more than 20 years in your teens. 
Yes. And you're still close friends. Not only that, you're working together, but that's, that's the next thing. Did you guys go to school together? We did. We went to high school together. Yeah, high school. Kristen uh, was two years ahead of me. So she was in the same grade as my brother. Yes, Jay. Yeah, we went to high school together um, at Parkland High School in Orfield, PA. Um, not the cool new one that looks like the Millennium Falcon. No, we, we went to the old. old. <laughs> yeah. No, it seriously does, Amy. Look it up. It's cool. Yeah. Um, but the old one. Um, and, yeah, so we uh, we went to school together. Um, we actually had some friends in common. Yeah. Obviously, I knew Jeff's brother, Jay. Um, we used to sit together at the same table in sixth grade, so I'd known him for a while. Um, and my friend Ryan that I met taking art class. I've known Ryan um, my entire life. Yes. So, and I grew then, up a block away from me. And Jeff uh, was also friendly with my younger sister, Caitlin, and her friends. Um, so, so we just all sort of um, hung out. You yeah. Know? They're, yeah, some of the gang like to, you know, skateboard. A lot of us like movies and, um, you know, and music. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Being silly. Being silly, yes. One thing we could always do when we were younger, and and still to this day, was we could just pick apart a movie. Something could just come on, and we could just be like, well, why'd you do that? Why'd you do this set and do this and and, and go back and forth? And so we have a really good rapport when it comes to stuff like that. Absolutely. We were both obsessed with pop culture. Like Jeff was always the person I wanted to write to first when I read about a cool new movie or a book. I was like, I got to tell Jeff. He's going to love this. (laughs) Now, is it safe to say that you would be each other's phone a friend on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Oh, yeah. Yes. Totally. Yes. Because that's the vibe I'm getting. <laughs> yes. Typically, oh. you know, and we have no problem correcting each other. No. Um. <laughs> I mean, because it's, it's quite impressive. I mean, it's impressive for you guys to have been friends since high school and still remain friends. Were there, was there ever a gap where you lost touch with each other or anything like that? Not we never really, really. We never really lost touch, but uh, we started hanging out a lot more when Kristen moved to Norristown. Right. Because that's where I lived. I lived at the time. I, I lived in Norristown. And uh, she seriously moved like two minutes away. Right. And so then we were hanging out like all the time. And that's really when we, we got the time to like write. Right. And, and you know, because we just kept talking about story ideas and how great these characters are and how much funnier, you know, how much like what else could we do with them? Like what else could they do? Right. And I like really missed spending a lot of time writing because I was a English major in undergrad and I spent most of my time writing then. Um, and then I was in a like a writing club when I was in law school and right outside of law school, but it got too difficult to keep up with it after I moved because they were based in um, the main line and I don't really live there anymore. So um, I just really missed writing and Jeff was down for um, playing around with words with me. So we just started doing prompts and things like that. And um, that's sort of the genesis. But I mean, yeah, we had a little bit of time probably in college when we were doing our own thing a little bit, but we still kept in touch and you always. would email each other. We yeah. always saw each other at the holidays. Oh, yeah. um, you know, Jeff's family lived only a few miles away from my mom and dad's house. So yeah, we grew up very close to each other. Yeah. And I mean, I, it, there was never a time when I was like, Oh, I, I want to email Jeff, but I shouldn't because we never had a fight or anything like that. No. It's been pretty cool. Um, and like I said, we still have friends in common too. our friend, Ryan, we still see him. Um, I still talk to Jeff's brother. Obviously he still talks to his brother. Hopefully <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> That's not necessarily obviously, but I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> yes. And we also have, um, our other friend, Tom that lives in the neighborhood with his wife. So, you know, our whole gang sort of, we, we always kept in touch. Um, no. not, not very dramatic people really were pretty just nice. <laughs> Now, Kristen, you said you you have a background in English as an English major, right? Jeff, did you have any background like that? Absolutely not. (laughs) But he's creative. He did um, 
web uh, development. Yeah, so a lot of my my undergrad is um, you know is in graphics and and like programming and, and web development and stuff like that. And I have my masters uh, in instructional technology, so I build online courses for a living. So I do graphics and I do audio and video and programming and and all these things like combined into one. And every day I'm doing something different at work. So am I am I right in saying that you you designed the covers for Prison Dad? Yes, I did. That's very cool. Like hey. to be able to not have to outsource things like that. That's yes. not often that you got everything you need in the team, you know? It's true. It's true. We sort of like can balance each other out in a lot of ways and bring all sorts of strengths to the table. It, it's interesting you say that about the covers because our original idea for the covers was, was plain, simple co- covers and each volume would be a different color. And then I, I got this idea one day. I'm like, oh, well, why don't we just do this? And we just throw in a bunch of different concepts. So there are actually like, I think there's probably about 30 copies floating around of the Prison Dad book that are just this black cover. Yeah. And then the next hundred and how many that have been sold, hundreds of copies have, are now have the, the graphics. And the graphics are so much cooler. Wait, so there's a rare first edition out there? Yes. yes. <laughs> I think I have three copies of it. So I know I have one at home. Someday when we're really famous, we'll write something cool and then sign them. People <laughs> should look for it. If you right. have a rare first edition, hold on to it. You don't know what's going to happen to that book. You just never do. I mean, that's the exciting thing about life. You never know where it's going to take you. So Now, Prison Dad, you created when you guys were friends early on. Right. So that was what? Uh, teens? So that was yeah. also about maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago? We were going to the bar. Yeah. So we, we, we could, because we would go to this uh, Irish bar in Allentown, um, Callahan's. Yes. I haven't been there in. No, is it even still there? I guess it is. It's probably about 10 years. They had like a mug club and they, you know, it was, it was like an Irish pub and they had like a lot of beers on tap. And... So the original concept of, Kristen came with the original concept of Prison Dad was that he would be this old grizzled man and he would be in jail and he'd have a ton of kids and that his kids would just come to him for advice and he would just give them horrible advice. Right. Based on his own bad life decisions. Then as we got older and we started realizing, you know, we started writing things down, we're like, we can't make him this old character who's in jail all the time. We made him younger and we still gave him the ton of kids. He's supernaturally attractive women. There was no science fiction in the first iteration of the character. Right. And then we gave him friends. Right. Too, because like the original one, he was just getting shit. Well, he's still, and he's still grizzly. He's still a grizzly kind of character. He's a mess, but yeah, yeah. He's, he's, young, he's a lot younger he's than attractive, the original iteration. I guess, yeah. so like, Actually, I think the original iteration probably shows up in one of the other characters we've developed in the book, who's this older gentleman that's always um, peeling oranges. That yeah, less that's definitely, that's, that's, um, that's really who we saw as being like the original prison dad. He was like a grizzled, angry old man who had spent most of his life in jail all the time right. in prison, um, whereas our, our character, Les is more in and out of, of jail. Um, and he's not doing anything. There's no violence. No. There's no drugs. Yes. There's no... It's petty theft, really. It's silly and, crimes. And, like, the one time he gets arrested for trying to steal a giant inflatable monkey off of a, a, a car dealership and right. a tip jar. He's trying to steal coffee in one story to resell to the people in the trailer park as his own business. Right. And, so he's naughty, but, you know, he's not... I wouldn't really characterize him as evil. No. Um, and I don't know that we ever really thought of him as evil. He's just lazy. Yeah, lazy. Yeah. And grumpy. Yes. Yeah. Grumpy. Self, very selfish. Selfish. Very selfish. Yeah, very selfish. Yes. So you ha- you created this character, and you guys didn't write it right away, though. 
No, no, we just talked about it. So it would be one of those things like where we'd be hanging out at the bar and be like, I wonder what prison dad would be doing right now. And, you know, what if his kid asked him for advice on homework? You know, how would he respond? And we would make ourselves laugh and our friends laugh. Um, and then, you know, people would mention it to us over and over again over the years. Like our friend Tom at his wedding said, Kevin, you come up with, a, that in the thank you yeah, card. with a prison dad story from this wedding. And so they got married in probably 2008. Yeah, in 2009. So that was even before we even we wrote Sat anything down. down. Yeah, and and you know originally when we were doing our writing exercises, we weren't writing about prison dad. We were just sort of riffing on, um, you know, whatever the prompt was. But eventually, we sort of both ended up, you know, starting to write stories about who we thought prison dad would be now. Right. Um, and it just, you know, it just, it just, it just metamorphosized from there, like building out the other characters in his life. And, mm-hmm. Um, and this and the situations, the scenario. Because right. now it's like we'll find an uh, an article somewhere, and we'll be like, okay, it's a great prison dad story, and spin it, or watch a documentary, and we're right. like, oh, we're gonna spin this yes. and, into our our own version, our own take on this. Right. But yeah, I mean, originally, I think we we were doing our prompts, and then we sat down, and we were trying to work on a sci-fi original movie script for something called Ice Crab, Ice Crab. that we're still working on. We and have a, a lot of notes. Yeah, while we were talking about doing Ice Crab, we started also taking notes about prison. Dad. So I still have that notebook that yeah. has, like, the notes around the original idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, mostly it was just sort of riffing when we were hanging out um, either, you know, at a party or a bar or, like, grabbing dinner. We'd talk about, you know. It was always an awkward doing. pause conversation. Right. Like, you know, like, we, we you know, the... You know, you get past, like, you haven't seen someone in a while, you get past all the, the pleasantries, and then you're like, you know what prison dad be doing right now? Right. And then it'd be so funny because that... It's like face- an icebreaker. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Like, remember how we've always been friends. I mean, yeah, Jeff's got old emails that I sent him, and, and I have Facebook things that he sent me saying, like, what would prison dad be doing, like, going years and years. Yeah, years ago. Like, And I get them, like, because <laughs> Facebook has that on this day, and then it tells you, like, your personal right. messages you, you share on those days, and there were messages between Chris and I about prison dad, and, like, yeah. 2008 and 2009, mm-hmm. and we didn't put the first book out until 2013. 13, I think. Yeah. No, it was 2014. 14. 14. Yeah, 2014. 14. Yes. That. Yeah, I couldn't even remember. No. Well, we were writing it in 13. So but. when you when you create this idea, you have this going, this idea. Did you guys have a plan for it? Did you sit down and say, "Hey, okay, prison dad, let's make this happen. Let's figure out what the plan is going to be for this, and let's." go ahead and get the book out or was there something in between and then the book kind of came afterwards? So we had been just writing the stories for fun for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, And our original idea was like, can we get this made into a TV show somehow? How would we get in touch with people? What would we do? Um, And then, you know, we, we, so we had a bunch of stories and a bunch of things started and I had started type. I, I like to write freehand. Um, now I'm more into typing, but originally I wrote everything freehand. So I had started typing the stories up and I had read uh, a book like a few years before that this woman had self published through Amazon. And I was like, that is a really cool idea. Like, I wonder how hard it is to do that. And I raised the idea with Jeff because I sort of explained to him, um, my uncle wrote scripts and he had a couple of his uh, scripts made into movies that were, so, like, not anywhere near his original idea. Turk 182 is an amazing movie. It really is, but that's not the story that he wrote exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah, so I was a little scared about putting it out there without having sort of a basis explaining what our ideas were and what our vision was. So I raised the idea to Jeff of, of maybe self-publishing, and he thought, yeah, why not? And um, so we looked into it and um, figured out how to make it work. And um, then we got the first volume together and spent a lot of time editing it. And At the time Volume 1 came out, we 
pretty much had volume two written and volume three was mostly, mostly written right. at, at the time. So like, you know, we, we had a, ba- and we still have a, a, a backlog. Volume four just needs to be edited. Right. But we kind of want to space it out because we put three books out in a year. Yeah. So we kind of want to <laughs> slow it down a little bit. Um, yeah. And and the other thing is that I wrote the end, so we know how the the stories yeah. they all come together yeah, in the end. For like the guy that made Mad Men. Wait, so you have the beginning, you have a little bit of the middle, not entirely all the middle, but you have the end already set. Does that mean that you have an idea of how many books you want this to be? Not really, no. because I think we have a lot of stuff to play around with in yeah. the middle. Um, but we have over a hundred stories written, and so there's there's forty <laughs> published because there's thir- there's well, there's thirty one in print, and then we do free stories online every right. month. And there's well, the, I guess there's now there's twelve of those now. Yeah. There'll be thirteen. Kristen wrote the thirteenth one, which is uh, a spoof on uh, making a murderer, <laughs> and making a fever. Yes, the grammar is incorrect on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a pretty funny spoof, but we got to get it out soon because the Steve Avery train is like, it's, yeah. like, it's like leaving the, leaving station, the station. and like, Yeah, if you're trying to catch that. Every, everybody's already, you know, over over it. Yep. Now, is now, your only focus Prison Dad or are you guys writing something else, maybe for TV or, or, or another book at the same time? I have uh, kind of like a superhero kind of novel i've been working on for on and off for over a year now and every time i pick it back up i have to read the whole thing again to remember where i am and i really like it and i, I really like where it's going and i have a lot there and i have a lot of notes where i want to go i just need the time you know between podcasts and prison dad and having a toddler and working full time you know I, I just need to get the time because prison dad's priority number one yeah this is this is a lot lower on the on the priority list but it it's really good so far and there's prison dad characters in it and I have a series of books that I play around with from time to time. I have bits and pieces written um, about a young woman who battles demons, sort of like, mm-hmm. sort of Buffy, um, but not exactly that, and a little bit more about sort of spiritual ideas. And I will say this, that the idea for my second, the second book in my superhero series, there was, was going to be a trilogy. Unfortunately, as I finished bringing out all the notes for it, I didn't write any of the story yet. But it was pretty much the same plot to the Jessica Jones ther- show. That <laughs> I'm like, oh man! So I, I so a little out, little uh, tweaking uh, is necessary, huh? Yeah. So I I tweak my notes and I know how I'm going to fix it now. But like, as soon as I like got halfway through Jessica Jones, I was like, you gotta be kidding me! Well, <laughs> okay, a A writer's cool. frustration. I know. Got to get that stuff out there really fast so it's current and you know. Well, you actually bring up a good question there, Jeff. Where do you guys find the time outside of the regular full-time job, a family, your social life? I mean, because I know you probably as well. Kristen has a very mentally demanding job. And by the time you get home, you're exhausted. I am. Um, But no, so Jeff makes us be organized. Everybody work. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff's the crack whip cracker. He absolutely is. Um, We usually set time aside on Sundays, which is, you know, what we're doing right now. Um, Sometimes it's Saturdays if we have other commitments. Yeah, we always, we always fit the time in. If it's, if it can't be like, there was like a weekend, there was like a lot of snow and then um, my kid got sick. So then we we had to do everything on like Monday night. And then, you know, problem, a problem now is like, you know, now we're doing podcasts. And so the podcast that there goes an hour 
right. into like our, you know what we were like what we were spending writing. So it's like we either start the day with the podcast or end the day with the podcast. Right. So we're not breaking up the writing the writing schedule. Right. But we, I mean, we process. make it work. Yeah. And and when I try to get up and do other things, Jeff reminds me that my job is to focus on writing. <laughs> Does he gently remind you? That your focus is right. <laughs> yes, I'm very lucky to have him because I'm more of like, the, like into my brain and imagining things and coming up with ideas, and it's and it's really hard for me to harness that into actually doing the work. But when I sit down and do write, it's very rewarding. Um, so it's good that that he keeps me on task. Well, and, I think you know, in every partnership, somebody has to play the role of disciplinarian guide kind yeah. of thing. So. You know, it's a good thing you guys have figured out who's doing what because yes, you'd be in trouble probably otherwise. I think right because I would probably be cleaning my house and Jeff would be busy working and I would have one story and he would have ten. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned the podcast. You guys just recently started a podcast. I want to say about a month and a half ago. Actually, no, it's, it's we're at, towards the end of February that we're recording this, so about two months. Yeah, right. right? Just a little <laughs> over two months. It's called uh, Silly Talks About Science Fiction. Right. Right. That you just started. So tell us a little bit about that, because it's not exactly prison dad, but it's something else. Right. No. So we've 12. We just did our 12th podcast today um, and uh, we're, we're having a lot of fun. So our, our thing is like, let's take this pop culture knowledge that we have, you know, like the sci fi books and TV shows and movies and, you know, cross comparison and, and stuff like that. Like, let's sit down and, and just talk about it. And, and we can't be serious for very long. Right. And so this that, is what we would be doing. Even if we weren't podcasting it, this is what we would sit and talk. That's about. how I got the idea about so. it. Cause <laughs> I got the idea. Cause I'm like, all this stuff we talk about, like this is a podcast, right? But it's just us talking. Well, cause, and we also had the opportunity to participate in ChessyCon um, last yeah. year, which was um, my first convention yeah. um, and Jeff's. And we got to sit on a bunch of panels where we got to talk about pop culture and science fiction. And we had mm -hmm. so much fun that it's just sort of seemed like, you know, when other people came to listen to us, we were like, it, it'd be fun to just do this more often. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's it's fun stuff to talk about. Our friends totally geek out with us. Um and, you know, so it's just another way to sort of introduce people to our world. And obviously, we riff on a lot of sci-fi themes in um, Prison Dad. So if people like what we're talking about in our podcast, then it translates. To and we do find we do find opportune moments in the podcast to be like, oh, there's a story we wrote that's just like this. Yeah, and it's, you, you know, plug. so we plug. plug. We always plug. <laughs> that's self-promotion in your own podcast. How dare you guys? Oh, Miss You're Chasing listening Dreams. to Chasing Dreams. <laughs> Great, you should check out all the episodes. Clearly, I was an inspiration for you. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No. <laughs> so, you guys are doing this podcast now, you're having fun with it. You, you are now doing conventions, which is amazing because we talked about that, Kristen, before. Yeah. Now, you guys were not only guests at this, but you were on the panel, yeah, right? And, and tell us a little about that experience. I mean, you've never done one before. How did this happen? It was so cool. So my neighbor, Rachel, um, is a really friendly woman. She is a software programmer. And um, I just happened to talk to her when I was out walking my dogs and, and Jeff would too. Um, and we happened to sit down. Um, I think it was, was the 4th of July or something like that. Or it was sometime they were having like some like food. 
outside where they were trying to get the neighbors yeah, together. Grilling in the neighborhood. Yeah, and, and then we happened to go over and started talking to Rachel, and I told her, you know, I uh, we had written some books, and she ended up buying them for her son, who was a big sci-fi fan. And then she was telling us about um, ChessyCon, which which occurs in um, November over Thanksgiving. And she was saying, you know, she's always gone to it for years. She brings her kids. Um, and she knows the people that set it up and she said, if you'd ever be interested and we were both like, absolutely. How do we do this? Yeah. Tell us um, what to do. So, and then she, she hooked us up with a woman, Joe, who's a coordinator and we just started emailing back and forth. And Jeff came up with the idea of doing, um, a presentation on sci-fi comedy to sort of introduce people into what we were about. Um, and so we were working really hard on that, but then in the meantime, there were other panels um, for people to sit on and Joe offered if we wanted to do that. And we said, absolutely. So she signed us up and together one on like self-publishing was when we did together. I did one on like sci-fi TV shows. Um, Chris did one on like women and what new women in science, women fiction. science fiction writers. And yep. then, yeah, we did a presentation. We did a reading of uh, what I still think is, is one of the greatest stories we've ever wrote. And it was a story we wrote together, right? which is called The Squirrelicane, yes. which is our take on Sharknado. Yes, but with our characters in the trailer park. Um, so it was really fun. It was exciting. It was challenging. I mean, we were pretty much on the whole time. We went from one thing to the next. And then in the middle, we were trying to catch up with my friend Rachel. Um, and we had like a 90-minute window where we, <laughs> we left the hotel and like went and got pizza. Yeah. Because like we, we needed to get out. Because we were just bit. in there and just doing like, it. was like back to back to back. And it was yes. it was so intense because we never did anything like that. And then it was like. Boom. But it was fun. I mean, we met a lot of nice people. Yeah, um, you know, it was very busy, uh, challenging, exciting. Um, it was so much fun to talk about sold being some a writer. Books. Yeah, we sold some books, made some new friends. Yeah. Um, so it was it was really really cool experience. Now, have either of you attended a Comic Con or some similar kind of experience as a as a visitor before? No. I yeah, I, I I have a couple of times in my life. So you you were kind of prepared a little bit for what this would be Not like. Not at all. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I had an inkling, and I knew, like, you know, we, we needed to get together. Because, like, we didn't do a free story for November, right? Right. Because we were, we were doing all that, all this stuff, right. Right? all the preparation and stuff like that. And we, I was working on the presentation, like, a couple times a week, too. Like, getting it ready in a format. Because I needed something that, you know, say we didn't have my computer. We need something web-ready or what. You know, like, I had to, like, I plan for, like, every contingency. And Setting up the visuals. Because you did yeah. the PowerPoint thing. The whole yeah. thing's on our website, too, under the events page. Yeah, it was, on, like, it was uh, a lot of fun. But I had no idea what? what I was getting into. I'd only ever seen, like you know, like TV shows about conventions, like that one that we watched about bronies. Did you know about those Amy, it's people? It's like middle <laughs> My age. Little Pony, right? Yes. Like yes. Teenage men that one of our characters, one of our present day characters is a brony. <laughs> yeah. After we watched that uh, documentary. So I saw like what they were like, but I had never been to one until we went to Chessie Con. So it was definitely eye opening. It was fun though. Now you guys are doing the self publishing. You're, you're writing yourself, you're publishing yourself. You've, kind of fell into this uh publicity here with the with the comic-con um right. or chessy con but are you guys doing anything to kind of promote yourself try to get uh professional uh publishers to find you or is you have no interest in that we're trying to figure out the way what, to, we, work what that to do in. Yeah. yeah i mean jeff was originally really 
wanting to focus on that. Um, but after what Chessie Conan sort of heard about a lot of other people's experiences, my concern is just sort of make sure, making sure that we maintain creative control. And I'm only really interested in going with a, with a serious publisher if they would really do a lot to market and, and sell our books and also provide a lot of editing support, which a lot of the small publishers are not going to do any more than we already do ourselves. So many people there were they were so down on self-publishing because they they were so down on self-publishing and they were so down on the fact that you have to do everything yourself. But on the flip side of it, they were talking about how they're published and they have to do everything themselves. Right. So I'm like, you know, I think that if we try to get volume one published, you know, you got to, you got to submit it to like 200 publishers before you hear something back. Right. And then even that that's not guaranteed. Yeah, exactly. Right. And they're not going to do any marketing for you unless you're Stephen King. I mean, that's just, that's just how it is. They're not going to have posters for you. They're not no. going to set up book signings. You have to, and that's another thing. So Jeff has set up a number of book signings for us. We do those periodically. Yeah. Um, we're planning on doing Chessie Con again. Yeah. Um, if we we, we want to get on more conventions. Yeah. We just yes. got to. Yeah, now is the time to Google for them. To so start looking for stuff like yeah. that. But yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we go to parties and talk to all of our friends about how we do this. I tell my family about it. I put it in my Christmas card every year. You know, we have a website and we're always adding content to that. And, and so we're trying to find ways to market it on our own. But, I, but from what I understand, that's really consistent with what, what happens if you're uh, not a famous person and you publish a book anyway. Yeah. You well, know. you guys have done an amazing job. I mean, your website is very active and up to date. You have your activities that you have, like ChessyCon. You have these book signings happening. I mean, it's not like you're not doing anything. It sounds like you're doing more than what you would get if you were professionally published. Yeah. But right. at the same time, with less stress, probably. Right, because it's it's all us. I mean, you know, nobody's yelling and screaming at us to do anything. We do this because we want to and we love it, and it's fun for us. The um, great thing about using Amazon is that. They're just providing the means. Right. You know, it, it, some of these other self-publishers, they say they're self-published. They're like, okay, we'll publish your book. We need to buy 2,000 copies. Right, which is, is awful. And they don't provide Where would we support. even store 2,000 copies? Right. You have you to know? have all that money up front. I ordered 90 copies last year, and it was tough to store 90 copies. I, know. So. I can't imagine 2,000. Can you imagine the wall space that would take? No, and it's it's really sad, you know, because it's a lot of people that all they want to do is just get their story out there, but they are on their own, um, and they they might not have a background in editing, no. um, you know, and they get they get you know sucked in by these shady companies yeah. that you know will publish their book, but then it's it's you know thousands of dollars that they have to pay up front, and that's not how Amazon is at all. But you know, you just have to go in there and know what you're doing. So you know, uh, Jeff made our covers um some people have to go out and buy cover art so that's an additional expense editing editing is we is, cross edit we cross edit so i t typically do the, the technical edits um well it's hard because you do miss things and it's frustrating but um I, you know i do read the there's professional times. published books that are out there that there's typos right, I, in. I so to find one king or books. two is is yeah. fine you know, stephen king for example stephen if stephen king, king is typing in there i'm not too worried yeah. about prison dead having one no, but not that there's any, there's none. No, there, you know, <laughs> we do the best we can. And, and it's, you know, a lot of the editing programs that you can look into where people edit for you. It's based on word count and it gets everything really is expensive. word count when it, in this business is all word count. It's crazy yes. into word count because your word count dictates the length of your book, which just states the weight, which is how much the shipping is. And right. it's just, it just boils down to so much stuff where we just like, don't care. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, our goal is to write short stories. Yeah. So typically they're less than 20 pages. Sometimes they go over that. Um, Rarely, know, it we, happens though. And we collect them into these volumes. Um, mm -hmm. You know, but, you know, eventually we might end up writing novels. Like Jeff said, he's working on um, another idea. And, mm -hmm. um, I came so, with that yeah. great idea the other day and wrote like 10 pages in like awesome. one night and haven't touched this. Good job. So you're having fun. It, oh, yeah. it, that's safe to say, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Love when, doing this. When you don't know what the next step is, like you were, you were talking about um, now would be the time to reach out to conventions. Do you just, how do you figure it out? Do you guys have someone you go to or? Nope. It's just us, the two of us. Um, it really is just the two of us. So and Rachel, you know, helped us out. Uh, my roommate, Christy uh, from, I think we were roommates in like 2001, 2002. Mm -hmm. Christy works at the Moravian Bookshop in Bethlehem, and we've been there twice. And right. both times, we've sold so many books. Yeah, it's been great. It also helps that the books take place in Lehigh Valley, and the bookstore was in Lehigh Valley. So that was... Right. That does help. That's a good help. selling point. Yeah, it really does people help. interested. Um, and then Harleysville Books here, uh, you know, close to us, you know, they've had us once, and then we're members of the, the writing group there. And, um, you know, they're pretty friendly. And so, we, you know, we went and we had a good time, and we're going to go back again. Right pretty soon um but yeah i mean it's really it's probably just gonna be down to the two of us uh taking some time and figuring out like who wants to focus on what like one of us is gonna have to go look around to see where else we can do signings and mm -hmm. the other one will probably look at conventions and seeing you know can we get in as a vendor or something so we don't have to pay the fees and see if you know even if we can get there just to meet people um even if you can't participate but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, a lot of times it's, we'll be writing stories and I'll look over and Jeff's like checking out websites for where we can submit things or, um, you know, we, we did a writing contest too. So we're always looking for things like that. Um, any, any other challenges that we can take on? Um, yeah, we didn't win the writing yeah. contest, but we were so proud of it. Should we say what we, yeah, we, we wrote an episode of, uh, Brooklyn nine, nine that we sent. Oh, in. how awesome. And, it was so much fun. And we, we shared win, it with but, a bunch of people. Yeah. And they're like, they're like, you nailed it. They're like, I can see every character doing <laughs> these things. Like, this is great. We had and so much we were fun so amped. That. But yeah. I think, yeah, I think it was the level of experience. They probably wanted established TV writers, not just a couple of kids with self-published books. Yeah. You know, hey, so you never know. If you, I mean, if you, you yeah. enter another contest, maybe that'll be the winning entry. And we'll see you guys on TV one day. Yeah. Which is very, very cool. Yeah, I'm still, still so nervous try. that every every week when I turn Brooklyn Nine Nine on, I'm so worried it's gonna be like our story. Our it's gonna be a Jessica Jones issue. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Jessica Jones Part Two. She's struck again. Well, you know these things happen because you know. Well, Amy, you're familiar with intellectual property rights law, but when you get copyright law, we don't have any real ownership in that story because those weren't our characters. No. They so weren't, it's yeah. like it's like Sylvester Stallone got a script for one of the Rocky movies because some guy wrote it and was like, "Hey, let's make this," and he was like, "Yoink, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm not paying you for this because nope. these are my characters." <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's what happens. So, but anyway, it was fun. It was a fun exercise, and um, yeah, so we'll probably just hit the web and do some research and figure out, you know, what our next steps are, um, where else we can do book signings. And yeah. I keep an eye on the Oaks convention center. Cause I know they have stuff all the time. Oh, it's yeah, right by it's us. Really like, close. I'm always looking at like what's coming up there. Cause mm -hmm. I know they have stuff. So it definitely sounds like you guys are just, uh, not necessarily figuring it out as you go. You kind of are, but at the same time, you're taking each opportunity as it comes Absolutely. and kind of just embracing it. And, uh, you guys have been friends of the show and, and, of me for a while. I mean, you guys were dream chasers of the weeks, January 15th, I want to say where mm -hmm. you guys can check on the website. Um, the link will be in the show notes. 
their profile is there as we highlighted them for the week. And we will have links to all their books that you can get via Amazon on the show notes page, as well as their other links. But before we wrap up, can you guys have to share each of you? What is one thing you would share with another dream chaser? I know you've done it before in the profile and stuff like that, but at this moment, having, you know, weeks and months after the previous advice you've given, what is one thing you would tell someone? Sure. If you want to be a writer, you really need to write every day. You really need to, you know, if it's a note, if it's a couple bullet points, if it's an idea you have, text it to yourself, you know, use the notes on your phone and, and you need to, you know, or if you can't sit down and, and type away, because we can't, we all can't do that every day. There's too much going on. Um, but you really need to do something every day to keep yourself sharp and keep the ideas flowing. Um, and I would say that, you know, fear is the path to the dark side. You oh. have to, you have to be aware that what keeps you from reaching your dreams and your full potential a lot of times is just your fear. Um, whether it be a failure or there's even, you know, sometimes you are afraid of succeeding. Um, so you have to be aware that, that fear can sometimes prevent you from reaching your dreams. And so you have to be brave and you have to take a chance and, and know that you might fail. But, um, you know, even trying is a success um, and just keep going for your dreams. Both fantastic pieces of advice and ones that hopefully people will start implementing because I think you're both right. Practice, 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 whatever it is you're doing. And, you know, don't let fear stop you. Absolutely. Well, I'm so thankful you guys were able to come on the show and share your Dream Chase story with us. Um, wishing mm-hmm. you guys nothing but the best. And guys, definitely check out their books. I'm sure Volume 4 is around the corner. Wouldn't surprise me if by the end of 2016 it comes out. Is that <laughs> fair? Or are you thinking 2017? Uh, September. Yep, that's so fair. Because volu- it's done. Uh, but yeah. what we're actually going to do in the interim, though, is we're taking all of our free online stories. And we're putting it into another volume, which we're calling Prison Dad Things and Stuff Collection Volume 1. Right. We're making so, fun of Rick from um, <laughs> Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. <laughs> so, it's all the online stories. We haven't decided if we're going to keep them on, on the site as well as put them out in this format. Right. But yeah. we have some friends requesting a book version because they don't like trying to read things off the website. Yeah. Well, that's a great idea. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, That'll be fun. So, we're doing that. That'll, that should be awesome. And there'll be a couple extra stories in there, too. Yes. Well, we'll definitely keep an eye out and see what you guys are doing next. It wouldn't surprise us if we see you in Hollywood or something next. I hope so, Amy. (laughs) Thank you so much. And that was Kristen Kist and Jeff Gripman. I hope you guys enjoyed their story as much as I did. And please take take heed to what they were saying. Practice does help. So if you want to do writing, write every day. If you want to play music, play your instrument every day, whatever it is. Those are just examples. So do that and don't let fear hold you back. Do what Kristen said. Be brave and chase your dreams. So until next time, guys, you can find all the show notes and any links mentioned today on the show notes page for this episode over at chasingdreamshq.com slash episode 34. That's episode 34. Until next time, dream chasers, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. 
That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing. Chasing.